Hello, everyone. Welcome to the Image Doctors Photography Podcast. I'm Jason O'Dell. And I'm Rick Walker. It is great to be here again this week. Uh, thanks for all the uh, thanks for all of our listeners uh, who pushed us into the top 35 on Apple Podcast last week. That was really cool to see. I don't know. Pleasant surprise. It, it was, yeah, I don't pay too much attention to those, but sometimes I'll get an email. I'm like, well, oh, that's pretty high. So yeah. thanks for listening on whichever uh, platform you, you choose, whether it's Apple or Spotify or whatever, but we're out there on all the various platforms. Um, it is surprisingly getting close to the holidays. <laughs> we were sitting down earlier this week and went, oh my gosh. Thanksgiving is next week in the U.S., and that means things like Black Friday sales, which are already happening. I'm already getting emails from from manufacturers that the sales are going on. It's kind of crazy. And we're a month past our first snowfall, so it's certainly time for the holidays. I can hear the jingle bells ringing right now. Mm -hmm. They don't have that feature in in the camera with the change your shutter sound to jingle bell rock or something, (laughs) but we, we don't have that. But what we're going to do today is talk about our annual ideas for holiday gifts for photographers in your life. We do this every year. It's sort of become tradition. And uh, we're going to, we have a whole list and those will be out on my website. Um, and if you go to our website, imagedoctorsphoto.com, we'll post stuff there too. Um, a lot of them are things that we've, we talk about kind of every year, right? Um, because they're always useful. Yeah, they they never change. <laughs> they never change. Yeah, but, they <laughs> but there are some some specific products that we w- would like to highlight because they're things we've been using more recently, and we we enjoy them. Um, mm-hmm. So, I guess what we should do then is kind of just get the usual suspects out of the way, because these are like little accessories that you can always use, and these are things like microfiber cloths and um you know uh what else um uh things like filter wrenches memory card wallets and if you don't have a memory card wallet for your cards get one it makes your life easier yeah we we like the think tank ones but you can get whatever um and and one thing also to go along with that just to throw it in there and we'll have a whole list of things on the website I see a lot of people using outdated, old, slow memory cards. And there's some really good options out there, especially if you use something like SD cards that just aren't that expensive. Um, right. And and it's worth it to get a faster card, especially if you've got a newer camera, because the cameras can write to them faster and you can download your images with a faster card reader to your computer uh, later. And it's super useful. And, and you will notice a difference with those download speeds. You'll just be done quicker. And especially if you're doing a really high volume shoot coming back from a vacation or whatever, right. it's nice. Right. Now, there are some cards that are way more expensive. You know, when you start getting into the CF Express types of cards, those can get kind of expensive. But, um, you know, they're high performance for a reason. So that's, mm-hmm. that's why. Um, but anyway, those are... Those are the sort of the typical things that we we generally talk about, um, but then there's some some stuff that we really like um, uh, using, um, including bags and some other accessories. So let's talk about some of those things. Um, last year, 
we made a suggestion uh, that you made a suggestion for a bag called the brevity jumper bag and it was mm-hmm. on our list we didn't really talk about it much since then i've bought one and i've used it and i really like it because uh, it's a small backpack that fits under the seat of an aircraft <laughs> but it can hold a normal kit in the bottom compartment with a little bit of compartment on the top for stashing whatever and that's super useful and then it's got a side opening that your camera and and something like a 24 to 105 or whatever uh, attached to it can go into and so you can get it out very quickly yeah um, you can kind of use it like a sling and just Mm -hmm. access that one compartment so i i see myself uh, using that a lot more Coming one up. thing I like about it, and this sounds kind of silly, but the the fabric that it's made of is this nice, soft material, and it's just very pleasant to carry around and right. um, have up against you. It's and um, you, very comfortable. You can also get a rain cover for it, um, mm-hmm. which I but did. It's not that stiff, almost plasticky kind of stuff. It's it's a very soft, very material that's. Well, I'll say this about like it. it when you're when you're using it, it's small and it does not look like a camera bag whatsoever. No. It just it looks, looks like, like you have a little day pack and that's yeah, like great. a student might carry around. <laughs> exactly. It's like I have a feeling that will be going with me on a, on some upcoming trips. Mm-hmm. Now there are some um, other bags which go up the price ladder a little bit, but these are from Bellingham, um, which are made in the UK and they're excellent bags. I have one and you've got a couple. Um, <laughs> a uh, yeah, I know. Well, I'm, I'm being generous. Yeah, uh, I know. You have several. Uh, you have um, Imelda Marcus's uh, closet of uh, so. I've been bags. using them for, for decades, and they're, they're great. But and, these are and, bags that you buy once, and they'll never die. <laughs> you yeah. know, it's just... My, my two most used um, bags are the Hadley Pro. I, I really like their, their 2020 version it has a trolley strap on the back that's nice and a few other things and then a smaller version of it that's you know it's got exactly the same features same general shape and configuration it's a smaller it's called the hadley small pro those two bags are just remarkably useful remarkably nice to shoot out of carry they're lightweight extremely waterproof so you don't need some separate cover or anything like that um, they're not cheap, but by God, are they good in, in ways that others just really aren't. So yeah, something and to think about. I have an earlier cheap. version without the trolley strap. And I can tell you the trolley strap, which for those of you who are not familiar with that term, that's the little strap that goes across the back of the bag that you used to slide over your handle of your rolling luggage. Mm-hmm. That's a wonderful feature. It is. And the brevity bags have that too. Right. So that, that makes it really nice. So if you've got a rollerboard bag and you're in an airport, you can just take the backpack off or the shoulder bag and just, it makes your life so much, so much nicer. It's nice. Um, one thing that I just got recently, um, took a flyer on and we hadn't talked about it in an episode was that I bought some flash units to go with my Olympus camera. And I decided just to take a flyer on the Godox units. Um, Godox makes is a third party flash manufacturer and they make flashes that can come in just about any mount, any, any hot shoe. Um, these things are extremely inexpensive and they have 
wireless radio remote built in. And so I got two of those and a commander unit. And this was before they just went on sale. I could have saved even more <laughs> money. But I got all I got two small flashes that work with the OM1, and they can be used as a commander and a slave, you know, receiver, or two based on the little commander unit where you can just punch in the the settings that you want. Full manual control, TTL control, all the stuff, even high speed sync, which is cool. We talked about how that was important last week. Um, I got three, all three of those items for less than the price of the Olympus Flash. So it was, and that, and those are radio controlled, correct? Yes, right. Which so is you, a very nice thing because you don't have to worry about line of sight in the same way, and optical receivers being able to see the commander. I think you there know, is a way to configure stuff. them to do optical as well if you were in that scenario. Mm -hmm. But for the most part, yeah, they, they work with radio control. And they're on sale big time right now um, when I was looking up. I think the last time I looked at the unit I have is this little thing. It's a TT350O for Olympus. It takes two AA batteries, and you can get it right now on sale for like $59, wow. which is silly. And it works. Mm -hmm. I did some tests with it. It worked just fine. So, um, so far, I'm pretty happy with that. So, if you if you don't have flash units for your camera already, one one thing to keep in mind with these third party ones is you can't interchange them with you can't mix and match. So you'd want to get all of them from one one or the other. But if you don't have any flashes, this is an extremely inexpensive way to go about it, especially if you don't do a lot of hardcore, you know, stuff. Mm -hmm. um, and you just need some small flash units. They work. They work very well so far. What else you got on your list, Rick? Well, when some things that I've used for several years that they're little, but I like them a lot, are the Peak Design um, cuffs. It, it's essentially a little wrist strap. A wrist strap yeah. to use with your camera, and it uses the Peak Design quick release system, which. I like because it's just so simple and fast, but I use those time, those things all the time. I probably use them 10 times more often than I use a neck strap. And this is especially true if you're using a smaller camera. Yeah. You know, I might use a neck strap more for a heavier camera. To, um, to be clear though, I use them on my medium format camera too. <laughs> nice. No, I have one and it's been, it's been excellent. Um, yeah. and, and you can just remove it, um, if you're going to having quick release points on your, any kind of neck strap is important because I like to take that off when I'm on a tripod and I'm with you. I like the peak design um, connector. They seem to work pretty well. Yeah. The thing I will mention because it uses the exact same connector, completely compatible are the clever supply leather straps. Really, really nice too. Yes, and those More were on our expensive. list from last year, even. Right, and they're great. Yeah. It's just a matter of do you want leather or do you want fabric? Yeah. Now, one one thing, if you're if you're doing some traveling, um, you know, um, I if you're going to use a tripod when you're traveling, usually it's not your big giant tripod. Um, I I you recommended me a, an extremely low profile Arca swiss compatible oh yeah plate. yeah i mean it was like from china and it's great it's fine and it, it just, was just a few dollars yeah it was like five bucks or something like yeah. that right but it's so low profile that you can just have that 
if you don't need, you know, if you're traveling, you don't want to have the bulk of an extra L bracket or whatever. Um, so that that's one. But you had an item on our list about just having a generic L bracket, and why is that useful? The the main reason it was reinforced to me here more recently when I got the the new um, Fuji GFX camera, and there really aren't any L brackets out for it yet that are custom made. Not that I don't want to get into all the details. At any rate, they're just not out in general yet. And so I pulled out my old generic one that I've had for many, many years. And if it's fine, it's, you know, you've got to be a little bit more careful with getting it snug, snugged up so it doesn't accidentally pivot on you and things like that. Mm-hmm. But actually it works remarkably well. And I was able to start using the camera immediately on the tripod, which I wouldn't yeah. have been able to do. Yeah, I think that's just a thing to have around. Mm-hmm. Um, even if you don't use it all the time, scenarios like that, or if you're not doing a lot of shooting where you really need an L bracket, just having a generic one is going to save you some money because mm-hmm. the the custom ones are great, but they cost more. <laughs> they're 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 more um, you know highly refined. Um, let's see, what about um, as we go up the list? Another just on the accessory department um you know one thing i i said but i don't have a recommendation just yet but if you are traveling and we're talking about this this might be the time of year where you invest in a travel tripod i mean just because i don't like carrying big heavy tripods around so we'll have more on this later i'm going to try to i'm trying to get a different one to test i have a little Gitso traveler and it's tiny it's lightweight but they're expensive they're very expensive mm-hmm. um, but a teeny little ball head for the times when you go out where you're just you want to have a tripod for certain kinds of photography, but you really don't want to be lugging a, a big thing around. And something that folds down small enough to fit into your luggage is important because mm-hmm. some of these tripods get kind of long and then and then you're running into different issues. So those are things to think about. What about one of our go-to items that we both have, and I think you have more than I do, is the five-in-one diffuser reflector combo. These are those pop open things that are circular and they, you know, they, they pop open like a tent. Yeah. And they've got different, they're circular and they have different covers that you can, or or the cover can be removed, reversed patterns on them, white, silver, silver, and gold, pure gold. Don't use that one. It's just too much. Or you can just use it as a diffuser by removing right. that cover. Yeah, they just unzip. It's super easy. It makes a huge difference for macro photography. can be really helpful if you're trying to do natural light portraits. You can just put the uh, reflector right under the, the mm-hmm. person's, um, you know, kind of against their chest, pop light up into their face. It's, it's It works wonderful. in studio settings too. Yeah, but it's so easy to use compared to setting up flashes. So if you really don't need a flash, gosh, it's so handy and they're cheap. Um, Very, very useful. Most of the software goes on sale this time of year. So I've been seeing sales already. You know, there will be Black Friday deals most likely from our three favorite um, plugins outside of Lightroom and Photoshop environment. But that's like the Topaz suite, the Photo AI, which they have. Mm -hmm. And they still include the other products with it, um, I've noticed, but I don't really use the those standalone, you know, like the Topaz Sharpen, but they they include them. Um, the DxO Pure Raw plugin that we both like using, 
Mm-hmm. And also from DXO is the, you know, they they took over the Nick collection suite of plugins. So my expectation is that those will be on sale, and those are the three we use the most. I think, other than a few little esoteric things, but that those are the heavy lifters in terms of our workflow. The, the one comment that I would make is on um, with DXO Pure Raw, which is currently on the on version three. I think that one's going to go to version four before long. That's not based on the insider information. That's just looking at the pattern. So you're forewarned. You know, if yeah. you buy it right now, it could see an update in two months. It's possible that they grandfather people in, but I don't know. I can't remember. I, yeah, I don't. Um, now, I think there's a little bit of grandfathering, but not that much. Right. Now, let's go up the ladder a little bit. I'm going to skip over our list isn't in any kind of order, but if you really want to think about a camera lens, just, you know, for the, you know, Mm -hmm. what might be good. And there's two sort of go-to things that we like, and I'll let you throw those out, Rick, because they were kind of your ideas, but to, if, you know, if, if, it depends on what you've already got, but if you're just starting out and you maybe only have one lens or, to you know whatever what are some useful things to add to your collection if you're really looking around and and this really came out of some trip planning recently but you know one thing is a wide range travel zoom of some sort it could be as simple as a 24 to 105 or 24 to 90 or 85 equivalent those are good it could be something that's a 24 to 200 equivalent it really depends on personal preference what I find is once I get up into the 24 to 105 range, I'm usually covered for the kinds of things that I like to shoot mm-hmm. on trips. Yeah, we're not but talking about going out on wildlife safaris. Or no, something. no, no, no. Different thing. Um, but remarkably useful. And if you don't have one of those already, you know, a lot of people start with them. Definitely consider it. You'll get a lot of use out of it. But then I like to combine it with a, a fast prime usually something like a 35 or 50 millimeter equivalent, a 1.8, a 1.4, nothing faster than that because they get to be too big and heavy. But when you combine one of those with the, the travel zoom, you've really got a lot of flexibility because you can handle different focal lengths and you can also have a bit more control over your depth of field for certain shots mm-hmm. by using the fast prime. Yeah, so, so it's a nice I would combo. agree. It, and especially if they come in a small form factor, then they're easy to put in the bag. Um, yeah, some of so that's that's something to consider. Huge. Yeah, so you really want to take a look. Like I really wouldn't recommend the Nikon fifty one point two. It's just too God, huge. No, no. It's, yeah, huge. And they're usually pretty darn sharp, um, edge to edge, especially the newer lenses. I've got one of the relatively new Sony fifty millimeter 1.4s and it's a reasonable size and weight and oh my god is it sharp yeah freakish absolutely freakish okay so now i want to loop back to some other sort of gift ideas because mm-hmm. most most of you are probably not buying it but what about books um there's a lot of books out there that we like but one that we both recently got which i think was wonderful especially if you're you know of a certain age and <laughs> like music there's mm-hmm. a great photo book out there called 1964 Eyes of the Storm. Now, what is it? It's by Paul McCartney. And it's all the photos that he and the people around him took 
on their very first trip tour to the U.S. in 1964. So it's black and white stuff, and they were in New York, and they were in D.C., I think, and, and Miami Beach. And the important thing is that he's got the interesting pictures of all these behind the scenes, you know, just day-to-day, mm-hmm. dare I say, a day-in-the-life type of stuff. <laughs> um but he's got really nice good reference. commentary. Yeah, <laughs> I, that was on purpose. But he's got a tell. good, good commentary on it. And at least for me, what I found most interesting was that he actually talks a lot about the photography aspect of things that he was learning from the photojournalists that were embedded with them. But then also later, you know, he was married to Linda Eastman for a while, you know, and obviously connections there with Kodak. And so he has a lot of, of, of uh, discussion. What about you? Um, I think it's fun. I, I mean, I love the Beatles and, and music history is a, a fun thing. So it ends up combining several of the things I really enjoy. You know, yeah. I, I think music. it was just a really nice, it's a great coffee table book. It, I have it in hardback um, and it just combines photography, music, and a little historical um you know narrative to the whole thing and i think that's just a perfect combo for a lot of people so if you like the beatles and you like photography or you know someone who does that would be a recommendation right and then one thing you can always give people and and you shouldn't minimize the impact that it can have because it's extremely personal thing is some of your own prints or a photo book that you create that you give to them as a gift something that you know would be meaningful to them because of the subject. Those, those yeah. are awesome. And it's pretty and, easy to do those these days. And you can give those to yourself too, because it's fun to see your photos in a different format. Looking at them online is fine, but they have a different power when they're in a book or in, on a print. Yeah. I, I, I think that's a, a good, and it's been, a, it's been too long since I've done any, um, books or, or stuff like that although i'll occasionally make holiday cards out of my photos um mm-hmm. i recently had some done to send out um using some, some photos so that was uh, uh, you know it, it, it's it's a little more personal when you can send a, a, a photo exactly so very very cool i used uh i think i used shutterfly just to see how it would work and I got the cards back with envelopes and they had pre-printed my mail return address on the envelope. So that's one mm-hmm. nice thing that was cool. And, uh, you know, different choices of papers and things like that. But, uh, you know, we're about to get hit with the onslaught of sales and, <laughs> and ad campaigns and media blitz. Um, but that's sort of our brainstorm for this year. Is there anything else you'd like to add, Rick? No, I think those, I think that covers it pretty well. Um, you know, cause past a certain point, it's all personal preference and what mm-hmm. kinds of things people like to shoot, but that stuff that we just mentioned should be applicable for lots of types of photography. I agree. People. I agree. I think that's good. Okay. Well, um, that's all the time we have. We wish you all, um, a very happy, if you're in the U S a very happy Thanksgiving, which is next, next week. Um, mm-hmm. before our next episode and uh, until then happy shooting all right bye-bye <laughs>